Hey, everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, they say the Internet lasts forever, right? So how cautious are you with what you say on Facebook or on your blogs? We're going to be talking blogging today on the Matt Townsend Show, how to leverage it for good and avoid the bad. We're talking about it right after the news with the bad, Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. A former special education teacher and Army staff sergeant from Texas is in custody today for suspicion of killing four people last night and injuring four more in two separate homes. Police say the man's ex-wife and former girlfriend are believed to be among the victims. Two friends of the Boston Marathon bombing suspect are being charged with obstruction of justice based on FBI claims they tried to destroy evidence. The friends are believed to have tried to dispose of some of the bombing suspect's personal items before the police could find them. A Navy commander and expert on racial radical excuse me, Islam testified today. PFC Bradley Manning's release of classified information to WikiLeaks bolstered al-Qaeda recruiting. According to the commander, the militant group used the release to claim the U.S. does not value human lives. A Minnesota engineer has been revealed as one of the three winners of a massive $448 million Powerball jackpot lottery prize. Paul White says he was so excited when he learned he had a winning ticket, he jumped up and ran around his office. In world news, while U.S. embassies in the Middle East and Northern Africa remain closed for the week, U.S. drone strikes in Yemen killed at least eight al-Qaeda militants today. The latest strike brings the total number of people killed by drones in the last two weeks to a minimum of 25. Peace talks between Israel and Palestinians will resume later this month in Jerusalem, according to officials from the U.S. State Department. The two sides held their first peace talks in three years in Washington last month. Japan is launching its largest warship since World War II. The carrier is 820 feet long and nearly 20,000 tons, capable of carrying 14 helicopters, according to media reports. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Boom! We're starting out great. So far, Sky and I are on the same page. This is the program of all programs where we try to give you some tools, a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. You know, they don't give us a handbook, so instead, we give you a little uh, insight from the Matt Townsend Show. Today, we're taking on a subject that seems like a no-brainer, right? Uh, Blogging. You know, everyone's got one. Everyone's got one. Every cool person on earth has a blog. Right, Sky, do you have a blog? Uh no. Ooh. <laughs> Ouch. How about you, Bryce? I had a live journal back in the day. Anyone else remember that? A live journal was live. I've never heard of that. It was just a spot where you could just throw down some text, like a diary or journal. Really? And you could post it and people could look at it. Okay, so we'll just call that an old blog. No, it was it was cool when I did it in 2005. Was it on AOL? Uh, definitely accessed that through my AOL <laughs> version. Whatever. Did you have a little like lock and key so that people couldn't get in and read your secrets? No, no, no. That was the point. A set the, of gel pens? The point. <laughs> did you have a set of gel pens with that? Glittery gel pens? And a Hello Kitty yeah. pad to write no, no, no. stuff on? No, the live journal, the point was for people to read it. So like I could record. Wasn't that a blog? Exactly. It was a blog before, like, blogs are... Pre-blog. I just made that up. 
Do you know uh, the origin of the term blog, where it came from? Yeah. Where'd it come from? <laughs> Where'd it come from? It's a backlog. Blog. Without the c- blog. Right? No. That could be. I. <laughs> no. That's not the story I web, heard. Weblog. Weblog. Yeah. Without the w. It's a yeah, web it's, log. So if you take a weblog and you move the space between web and log, you get weblog. Or and some guy was clever Weeble and called it a wee blog, and that's how his web blog turned into a blog. Wow, I kind of like um, Live Journal. It was pretty. I don't, awful. I don't know why that didn't <laughs> stick. Oh. Hey guys, you got to read my Live Journal. <laughs> that is funny. No offense. <laughs> to, to be fair, Live Journal is a cooler name than E Diary. Yeah. I like it. I like There's to call so many it, other things that could have called. Well, it. I like Peace Diary. This is my Peace Diary. Because yeah, I'm no, here to share. That peace. wasn't the point. It was to share my teenage angst. Oh, so that was your pre rant. That was. <laughs> yeah, no, it was way more like <laughs> complainy and pathetic. Your rant. <laughs> my rant has a purpose and I get paid for it. So. <laughs> Still complainy. Complaining, sure. What was the other word you used? Pathetic. Pa- not pathetic. No, those yeah. are your, um, what's the opposite of the rant? The rumination. Those aren't pathetic. They're not pathetic. Those are a bit cheesy, but you know what? I like your, I, I want you to ruminate more. Eh, well. Did you ruminate on our show today? Do we have a show, a rumination? No. <laughs> Do we have a rantation? Yeah, definitely. Is it from your um, diet or your No, uh, life? Live Journal has been shut down for years now. Okay. I went back to check it like when I was like 20 or something. I went to go you check guys, it out and see what was up. You're supposed to be hip. And we so far, no bloggers. Are you a blogger? I do blog. I, not What's your consistently. handle? It's like meritmecom.com. Merit? Wow, look at that. Why Merit? Oh, actually, I remember. That's my I'm name. I'm kidding. It's yeah. Merit. Is there, okay, I want to look at it. Yeah, Can I, I read it? Is it open to the public? Um, I think so. I've been working on it pretty consistently as a film blog, so really? I don't have a lot of stuff on there. Get ready for that traffic to spike. <laughs> oh, uh, we also have another guest in studio who's just, I guess, lurching? Is that the word over your... Looking over lurking. your shoulder? Lur- I believe the lurking. Term is but lurking. Yeah, I, yeah, but it was like you were... What's it called when you lunging? <laughs> um, at the microphone, Katie Jarvis. <laughs> well, Matt, I also am... Hip, as they say. Are you a blogger? I do have a blog. So, I have several blogs, some of which I've forgotten the passwords for. Why do you vlog? So, um, mostly because I'm really arrogant, and I think I have a lot of really cool things to say, okay. and that people want to hear them. Yeah. And so I started blogging like consistently when I was in London. Does anyone read your blog? I don't know. <laughs> yes, I have followers, so. So you do. I you do have well, your parents <laughs> and grandparents. Oh, so there's. <laughs> Family, eight, yeah. six. And I have like eight siblings, so, you okay, know. Yeah. The you can put tracking there. software on there to find out who is viewing your blog. I know that scares me because <laughs> then you can't like go in and um... – I'm not going to say so who then... would do something like this, but it's possible that a person could be trying to get a girl interested in him. So he blogs hoping that she'll read it, but then to make sure that his effort isn't being wasted, he might put tracking on there just to see what visitors come Oh, to that's Skyboy. <laughs> that's totally Skyboy. Have you ever gone and like looked at what like keywords lead a person to your blog? Because mm-hmm. that can be no. disturbing. Yeah. And you can change those. <laughs> like If you actually want your blog to get higher on the Google, like when you just Google search, yeah. you can put yeah. keywords Search in there. engine, op- yeah. what's it called? Keyword... 
whatever, where the keyword optimize your site. So you've got all these really good words to draw people in. Yeah. But that's what's creeping you out is what words they found to get to you. <laughs> that's what's creeping merit out. Like lurching. Is that the word I use? Lunging. <laughs> I, think, I think lurching is more like a sound you make. Like, like I'm choking on something oh, or lurch, a like my throat's collapsing. Lunging is like, the act lurch. of no, jumping. Lurching is definitely a movement, like lurching around. Well, that's yeah. very we zombie-like. Need a, we need yeah. in here, an English major. <laughs> um, okay, so merit, you've got one. KJ has got one. We're calling her KJ today. Oh, no. Do you have a? You have you have six. Uh, Doctor Colonel Sanders. I, I'm trying to figure out all my properties I've had over the years because I think I've had a good half dozen to dozen of them. The problem is love machine. Okay, let's go through the names. Love machine. No. Hotty no. patati. No. Uh, hug me. No. Love me. Kiss me. No. 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 Oh. But okay. every time I'd have an interest in something, I'd open up a blog. Cool. And then after a while, I would let the domain name expire and try again. Then I wouldn't have it anymore. Why? Because the blog, it sounds like, is for you, not for the world. Yeah, but I don't have to keep spending $10 a year on domain names for sites that I don't ever intend to do anything with. So you started sites that you yourself were bored with. Yeah, well, I'd open up and go, yeah, I'm going to build something with this. this And then Love Machine. Then Occup- like, Occupy Common Sense or in the height of Occupy, Occupy Wall Street. Okay, you know what people what need? We need to Occupy Common Sense. I opened that up. That's a and, great one. Well, I let it expire because I never did anything with it. What you should have done is held it hostage and then sold it to somebody, sold the URL for 50 bucks. Well, it was .info. It wasn't yeah, all those never go anywhere. That was your problem. Unfortunately. <laughs> Merit, what do we learn? Why blog, quite honestly? Because, uh, by the way, I do it, but I don't do it enough, and it's hard to actually do because you know what it takes, I found? Discipline. Discipline, commitment. And you got to like to write. Things, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, luckily, the guest will be helping with us, us yes. with that. Wow. Maybe she'll help me string words together. Maybe. But- the interesting thing is, is that I think we all think when we open something on the internet, it's like, this is going to make a difference. This is going to change the world. <laughs> is that what you this mean? Is, this is yeah. it, people. This I'm, is I'm it. here. This is, get ready. <laughs> exactly. Like, this it's is like, the quote. Because it's quotes. on the internet, I will get read and it will spread throughout the world yeah. and everything will change, change because of that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, <laughs> you open your little WordPress site and you've got, no. The interesting <laughs> thing is, so there is a lot of social media activism though and you can see it all the time so like you'll get this thing and it's like sign this petition and change stuff and sometimes things get changed like you hate people that drive over and run over and hurt other people yeah that's really sad oh no i totally like that no interesting things like for example disney princesses yes they got changed through an an online petition when they were trying to oh that's right redesign merida yeah it got changed because of an online petition. Really? So things do happen. And um, Malcolm Gladwell. Yes. We know and love him. He's author the of author. Outliers, yeah. Tipping Point. He has some things to say about that. Well, no. What would he know? <laughs> what would he know? Just because he's an incredible researcher. Oh. Isn't he with Gallup? Is he the one with Gallup organization that's studied and researched everything on Earth? Pretty much, yeah. And he's like one of their key writer contributors. Yeah, so what would he you know. know. Well, a few years ago, he wrote an article in The New Yorker called Small Change. Yes. And it made some waves, but he had some really good things to say, I think. This is my opinion. But um, he talked about how in the 1960s, young college-age kids, which is like most of us here, would go do sit-ins. And it started with four people. Yeah. And the, the sit-ins. sit-ins. Yeah, the sit-ins. It was 
in Greensboro, North Carolina. They went and sat at a white person only bar yeah. and eventually that spread to not only their entire college population attending that bar and sitting in waiting for someone to get served to people doing it all over the south it was just a then major movement yeah. yeah it was like this really cool thing well when everyone's sitting in then there really is no problem anymore because we're all just sitting well, sitting, it's but, all fixed. But this was 1960s. This was yeah. it could end up being very dangerous for these people Someone to do this. Hurt. It was a high risk right. activity. Um, they could get kicked out. Obviously, they weren't supposed to be there, so they could get kicked out if they refused. Arrested. They could get arrested. Yeah, it was yeah. a major deal. And so the interesting thing is now that we are so connected in life, why can't that lead to greater change as well? Well, you'd think. You would think. You'd think if it came across Facebook, hello. Obviously. That would change well, a lot. And see, some things have changed. Um, Gladwell uses the example of a man who was looking for a bone marrow transplant, and they couldn't find a match for his yeah. bone marrow. And so people started a campaign, and they spread it all through Twitter and Facebook to have people go get tested, see what type of bone marrow they had, and then- to Huge drive. Somebody eventually donated. They found a match. And that's so cool. that was this cool thing. This guy's yeah. life was saved. I mean, that's, that's what you that's see awesome. like on the news. Yeah. The boy dying of leukemia and they write a blog and everyone in the community falls in love with the blog. And it really is powerful. Yeah. But that's not you're saying the same as a sit in. No, because this is the thing. It takes a person just a few minutes to do that. You have to do like a little cotton swab test in your cheek and you send yeah. that in. That's all you have to do. Yeah. For a bone marrow Not chest. a big risk. No, it's absolutely no risk. And you kind of like get this good feeling for doing it. It's yeah, like, yeah. woohoo, I changed the world. Yeah, I'm, and, <laughs> and, it's, then, and all my friends know. Yeah, and they I've, all know too. I've yeah, that's pretty, it. that's a bonus. <laughs> but then, but that's the thing. It's high, it's low risk, yeah. high return. Totally. So why would they do anything else beyond that? Interesting. Yeah. I, I read an interesting article recently, actually, that said that um, the millennial generation are really good brand managers for themselves. Yes. So for their names and their images. And so doing something low risk, but high, high like, reward. Yeah. It That's can like actually being be great on a for your brand. What are like, those shows called? Uh, the reality shows. Yeah. The reality sh- TV. That's like that. There's like, it's really good for the brand because you're getting all this publicity. And what's the worst thing that happens? You live on an island and you catch a disease. <laughs> you get, you get eaten bad. by a boar. You have like, to yeah. live in reality television. Yeah. That's like only for what, two months? <laughs> and then you might win a million bucks. Worst oh, case yeah. scenario, yeah. you get a lot of good press. Yeah. So it's interesting. So Gladwell doesn't deny that social media can have like this enormous change. And yeah. in fact, it's really good at organization. But the thing is, is there are some key ingredients missing to activate real social revolution. Right. So it... You need they, a major cause. You need... You, well, yeah, you need a major cause, but you need organi- You need yeah. a hierarchical organization, yeah. not a network organization. You need a leader. You need a leader with a system, a you process, a, system. a plan. And then most importantly, you need personal ties, which ah. Facebook kind of sounds personal because you call them friends. But we all know. Yeah, but it really what? takes hundreds of friends to make one real friend. On f- hundred hundred Facebook friends makes one real human friend. That's pretty sad, but yes. It's, I just made that up. Okay, but no, I, as far as sounds like, yeah. really good for the person who has six hundred Facebook friends, they probably have like six people they're actually yeah. really yeah. friends and four with. Four of those are family members. Yeah, 
<laughs> so, so that's the thing is that for these sit-ins, it was a high-risk thing. But the first four students who yeah. went and did that, they had been planning in their dorm room for months. See, and yeah. the only reason they had the bravery to go and do that in the first place was because they were helping each other build up. And they described it as kind of this fever, this contagion. Yeah, that building the contagion. You had all of these con- connections with these people, personal connections. That's they huge. were going through the same thing you were. But you don't connect through Facebook or Twitter with the people who you see every day. No. Like, not That's probably normally. how you have to use it. You'd have to use your blog or Facebook to get enough people stirred to then get them in a setting with you to then really stir. See, I don't know if I told you this, but in high school we had a sit-in. What was your cause? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> really I just remember walking into the front lobby of our high school and everyone was sitting. So I'm like, party, let's do that. All right, it's sitting time. So I started sitting, and um, I don't remember what it was. I think it was something about they were making us go to school an extra day because the system – I don't remember. I really don't remember. We're all in there. The news came. Someone, hey, call the news. The news came. We were having a sit-in. We were serious. We were mad, (laughs) mad at the man, whoever that was. (laughs) <laughs> and um, the principals came out and just slowly just started talking to, like, all of the honor roll students. And then all of a sudden they get this white look in their face and they'd be like, oh. I got to go. And we're like, what? They say I won't get an H, an honor, if, um, if I don't get to class right now. Weaklings. So then all the smart people left, which you know meant <laughs> – that meant – Nobody knew why we were sitting anymore. Now, now the underlings were in charge. Yeah, and, then, the, and that's right when Channel Two rolls up, totally. starts interviewing. So, young man, why are you sitting in? Kool Aid. <laughs> that's exact. And then, then the, they went to the jocks, and they're like, "Dude, you're not playing. If you're not, the coaches came out, and if you're not in class, you're not playing." So then the jocks left, which means there was more food, or whatever the jocks were doing there. I don't know what they were doing. They, I don't know. You didn't know what you were doing there. (laughs) Then they got the band, you know, then one by one, they just picked off each one based on, you know, their weakness, their Achilles heel. And then it was just left to me and half of the pep club. (laughs) They're like, we're going to take that away. You're like, (laughs) go for it, whatever. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) They're like, we're going to give you a bad grade, whatever. Done. Done that. though. That's kind of genius. It was brilliant. Conniving. See, that's what we're saying. If we had had Facebook and texting, we could have been texting each other why we were there. It's true. So what Gladwell kind of concludes is that social media is really great for making social things more efficient for making information yeah, more transferred. efficient. Yeah, totally. You know, that's really great. But in the end, they're not a natural enemy to the status quo. That's his quote. That's they're not a natural enemy. They actually they, are. You know, they, they, they are, kind of are the status quo. They and, are big brother. Yeah, so if you just want to change little things, that's great. But if you want to change big things, you're going to have to take some personal high-risk action. I love that. And I, I learned that, you know, in my sit-in. <laughs> I learned sit-in. that early. But you know what? Just to rebut, you could go to my um, blog or my Facebook page because I have memes with really cool quotes and like pictures of unicorns, and it changes the world every day. Every day! All right. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're talking blogging today. Our own Bryce Tobin will come back with us. He's going to um, take on the internet a little bit, do a little rantation. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. New information about sports concussions leads to advanced helmet designs that can save lives as well as games. 
This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Modern medical research is showing us that contact sports like football and hockey can be far more dangerous than we knew. Pro football players may take as many as 1,500 hits to their heads in just one year. What doctors are learning about concussions and traumatic brain injuries shows that even small, light hits to the head can accumulate damaging effects over time. Helmet makers have been making incremental improvements to their products all along, and the helmets in today's sports can ably survive what are called linear straight-on impacts. But new research on concussions shows that helmets could do a better job if they also protected against sudden rotations of the head, which is common in football tackles. A Swedish helmet developer is now marketing an advanced helmet to protect your brain against these rotational loads. An inner liner cap rides on your head, connected to the padding and outer shell by elastic attachments. The outer part of the helmet slides across this cap, deflecting and absorbing much of the rotational energy of impacts. Hopefully, this will prevent a lot more concussions and lifetime brain injury. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Daddle is a professional artist who travels the world painting pictures. It is a place I enjoyed, and I've been there several times and love it. Then he comes back and shares travel tips, trivia, and history about the places he's visited. You mentioned the base seasoning. They've That is a big deal. That's the only place you can get it, and they put it on everything. Tune in to BYU Radio on weeknights at 9 Eastern for Traveling with Eric Dowdle. Welcome back, all you techno people. To the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about a little bit about technology, mainly blogging and the internet. And I'm talking to my own Bryce Tobin. He gave me this weird look like, don't get that wrong. Bryce, um, you are questioning if the internet renaissance is over. Is that what you're doing in this rant? Internet used to be cool. And now I don't know if it's that cool anymore. I like it still. But for me, it's cool because I'm just discovering new things. Well, Have you heard of Twitter? You're in the romantic phase of it, You're, the infatuation stage of this relationship with the internet. I still, that's what's neat is depending on how far behind the, you know, in the flood you are, you know, this might be all new. It might be new and interesting. Our own Bryce Tobin talking about the internet. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is the Bryce is right. When the blogs began to emerge from the primordial ooze that was Web 2.0, it was a bit of an information renaissance. It seems like the people who had the drive, the willpower, and the savviness to design and publish their own blog generally had something to add to the conversation. It was a truly wonderful time to be exploring the internet. Compelling opinions seemed to float to the top really fast. And that's when the internet was a mean place. Not that it's particularly nice now, but trust me, if you wrote something that was wrong or uninteresting, things got so abusive so fast that you considered becoming a monk in some far-off country. Now, I don't want to encourage any of the meanness, but it made it so that the good stuff always shined through the darkness. Because anything less than that was beaten to a pole. I miss the mean internet. And then, as with anything, someone simplified the process. I imagine the same kind of thing happened with something like cars. When they first came out, you had to know all kinds of things. Like how they work in the first place, because they're way better than horses. But at the same time, they're a whole different animal. How do you drive them? A steering wheel wasn't really a thing before the car. 
How do you fix them? Like, I bet it was really cool to be driving around passing people, riding on horses, or worse, walking on their feet. Ha! Losers. And then you see someone else driving? It's like you're in this special club of people who know how to get around from place to place. Then again, what would you do? You'd have to figure out how to get past each other. The whole right side, wrong side thing didn't exist. You'd have to figure things out as you go. But then suddenly cars became cheaper and easier to maintain. Getting a license wasn't hard. Suddenly everyone had cars, even the people who were awful with them. And then cars weren't cool. And that's where the blog has ended up. Suddenly they became easy to make and easy to manage. Now that there are fewer obstacles to keep the less than interesting opinions and articles from emerging, the masses have leapt onto the scene. Now, let me be clear. It's not that I want less blogs. It's not that I think blogs are bad. I just think now that it's easy, people are doing a bad job at blogging. And now the internet is spewing drivel at an ever-accelerating rate. So what do we do? Should we stop blogging? I sure hope not, because the good stuff is still out there. And even the bad blogs manage to toss something good out once in a blue moon. Getting rid of the blogs wouldn't do us any favors. That's like cutting off a leg because it trips more often than you'd like. Blogs are useful, and a lot of them are used as our news sources, because as long as we're talking about spewing drivel, let's not bring up major news networks and the things they decide to call news. So then do we go back to the mean internet? I don't know if that's such a good thing either. Now we're talking about things like cyberbullying, and exploring ideas around the effects we can have on people that we're physically very far from. So I don't think that'll do the trick. Looks like the bad news is, it's up to us to be better bloggers and demand more from those that blog. Maybe then they'll rise to the occasion. Or maybe not, because when you think about it, no matter how great the quality might be, I'm probably never Ever going to read a fashion blog. I just don't think it's in the cards. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. You don't think you'll ever read a fashion blog? I can't think of a, of a reason why. Uh, how about when your wife has one? Do you read your wife's blog? Three times a week. Three. Good answer. Thank you. We don't know if it's accurate, but that is a good answer. Uh, either does she. Neither does she. She doesn't I... know if it's accurate either. And that's what's important. Oh, were you about to push a button? Because you're giving that eye. Um, here's the deal. You were dogging the blog. You're a do- you're a blog dog. A uh, blogger dogger? You think, but I th- I'm totally with you. I think the internet is just, it's just going to be old school. Don't you think? It's gotten a little. And it'll be replaced by a chip. Who knows what it'll replace? Implantation. Right in the forehead. Right there. Well, no, you wouldn't want to put it there. Then you'll be, oh, have you thought this through? Well, just from what I know about brands, you don't want to. Be sticking stuff in your frontal lobe. Stuff in the back is probably okay. Yeah, put it in the back. <laughs> that's what I always say. Just toss it in the back, kids. Ah, uh, that's sad, but true. Um, so uh, you don't have a blog, A, and you don't see you'll ever read blogs. But this mommy blog <laughs> thing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, I will read blogs. You, I, won't read, you won't read fashion blogs. I will not read fashion but blogs. But mommy blogging, for example, is taken off. And it's huge. I'm speaking. I think I'm going to Orlando to do a speech, maybe for mommy bloggers. That sounds really difficult, Matt. It's going to be fantastic. It sounds like it's going to be great vacation see, work. These these people are so. Maybe what it is is maybe this is the revolution that Merritt was talking about, where they're starting to blog, then they organize at meetings. And then eventually this world will be taken over, not by Republicans or Democrats, not by the rich or the poor, but the mommy bloggers. But by cupcakes. Cupcakes. And do-it-yourself projects. <laughs> and do-it-yourself projects. And wonderful shoe assortments. The, the next revolution sounds adorable. <laughs> Darling. I would say to die for. But you know what? I think, I think we better be careful. That's why we've got a pro coming on because there's something to this. They're organizing. Organizing. That sounds scary. People are blogging. It's huge. 
Have you ever heard of uh, Huffington Post? Yes. Blog. Is that a blog? I think it started. Or is that an aggregator? Well, like like Drudge Report. That was pretty much a blog. It started as a blog. Pretty much. And now it's... Hey, hey, ask the Clintons (laughs) how they feel about blogging. Uh, Boom. Awkward. (sighs) This is cool. This is actually a really cool topic, and I need it. Because um, I need to start blogging. Seriously, I need to get my ideas down. I also need to take more pictures and start um, Instacaring them on Instacare, is what my aunt called Instagram. So that's why we're doing the show. Giving you some tools. First one's blogging. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Amy Lynn Andrews, basically a blog coach who's going to teach us how to blog effectively. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. On the Wheatley Forum, we bring you educated voices who encourage practical solutions to real societal issues. It's about those relationships, those sharing of experiences, knowledge, right? Whether it's universities or states or think tanks. Tune in to the Wheatley Forum Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Police have taken into custody a former Texas special education teacher and Army staff sergeant who was suspected of killing four people last night and injuring four more. The man's ex-wife and former girlfriend are believed to be among the victims. Two friends of the Boston Marathon bombing suspect are now facing charges of obstruction of justice based on FBI suspicions. They attempted to hide personal items of the bombing suspect by placing them in the garbage. A Navy commander and expert on radical Islam testified today PFC Bradley Manning's release of classified information to WikiLeaks bolstered al-Qaeda's recruiting. According to the commander, the militant group used the release to claim the U.S. does not value human lives. The first of three people splitting the $448 million Powerball jackpot has been revealed. 45-year-old Minnesota engineer Paul White says he's thrilled not to have to work for anyone else to make a paycheck for the rest of his life. In world news, while U.S. embassies in the Middle East and Northern Africa remain closed for the week, U.S. drone strikes in Yemen killed at least eight al-Qaeda militants today. The latest strikes bring the total number of people killed by drones in the last two weeks to a minimum of 25. Peace talks between Israel and the Palestinians will resume later this month in Jerusalem, according to officials from the U.S. State Department. The two sides held their first peace talks in three years in Washington, D.C. last month. Japan is launching its largest warship since World War II. The ship is 820 feet and capable of carrying 14 helicopters. The launch comes at a time of increased military tension between Japan and China over a set of islands in the East China Sea. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach. Your guide on the side. Today, I will be your blogging guide. And uh, we're bringing on Amy Lynn Andrews. And you can go to her website, amylynnandrews.com. Amy, armed with $100 and no computer background, 
Amy Lynn Andrews started a hobby blog and eventually turned it into a full-time business. Amy is the author of Tell Your Time, How to Manage Your Schedule So You Can Live Free, which is a best-selling Amazon ebook that has sold over 17,000 copies to date. Now she teaches others how to build their own blogs and websites and publish their own ebooks on her site, amylynnandrews.com. So let's welcome Amy to the show. Amy, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Hi, Matt. How are you? Thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for Uh, being on the show. Hey, you little... You're welcome. This is a treat. This is, well... delayed? No, well, no. I'm probably just... My timing's off. We'll get get in sync here. Tell me this, Amy. um, You... You take a hundred bucks, and, and is this just? Can only you do this, or could if you if I had a hundred bucks, if I borrowed a hundred dollars from my board operator Skyboy, and I put together a website? Do you think that I could build a blog and start getting a following that would actually eventually maybe purchase my ebook, or is that far fetched? Can anyone do this? Yes. I will say anyone can do it. As far as the technical aspects, it's actually not as complicated as, you know, it seems to a lot of people. I will, I do want to, I I think there is a caveat, which is it does take time. So one of the most common misconceptions um, I hear from, from people is, you know, what happened? I started my blog. Yeah. Why didn't they come? Yeah, exactly. So um, it it does, it's just like really any other business. So it is a lot of hustle, a lot of time. And I would say really to to really get any great traction, you you really have to give yourself probably at least a year or more. So See, that's the problem. Yeah, I think what it is is we think, you know, we think it's just going to be the lotto. It's going to be this great little investment. I mean, I know it's a lot of work. But I, what I'm finding, because I have – this is what's weird about me. I have the content. I already have a million blogs that I've done that nobody's seen that I could probably fix and reblog. I have a bunch of video. I have everything. And yet to actually sit and do it is the hard part because you're, you're kind of – you know, I'm kind of trying to do it on the side on top of everything else, which is I think how most people would go about doing a blog, Right. Yeah, that's that's how most of us start. You know, it's sort of in the, in the free time that we have in life, we start blogging, and that's great. Um, but you know, I always tell people, don't quit your day job. You know, I've had some. I remember one person emailed me once, and and it was I think it was in I want to say March or April, and she emailed me and she said, look, I need forty thousand dollars by July. How do I do it? <laughs> And, uh, Go to I Vegas. Like, well, <laughs> how else? I mean, really, not, not this one. Yeah, no, not not through blogging. It's it, yeah, it's 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 a it's a hard it's a hard road. Tell me what the we. Oh, go ahead. You know what? I'm sorry. I just was going to say the other thing too. I think people miss is the importance of relationships. Yeah. In blogging, um, so like you were saying, you have a lot of content that you could put out there. I know a lot of people who, who really love to write or, you know, they just have, like, you're, you guys are talking about mommy bloggers, you know, the decorating bloggers who have yeah. all kinds of great oh, ideas. Yeah. They drive and me crazy. That is awesome. But, you know, without the relationship, yeah. 
really hard to, you know, sort of spread the word. And, and you really have to get, I mean, you can't, the thing about like bloggers, it seems like, and, and we've like my Facebook page has taken off simply because I my wife's in charge of it. And you have to commit and say, I'm going to do blogging. Or I'm going to do Facebook. I mean, you can do it all, but you have to commit because these bloggers and Facebookers, they they take it serious, right? And so if they're going to be serious about this, they're not going to follow you if you're not consistent enough. You've got to be consistently in the game or they're just going to – they'd rather go with somebody that's more consistently in. Yes, that's exactly right. People who are on Facebook or – you know, following blogs, reading blogs, they want content that's fresh and new and updated. And the other thing about Facebook is, you know, if you are not posting consistently, then the likelihood of your post being even seen by the people who've liked your page, just, oh, yeah. you know, it decreases as time goes by. Yeah, you got to keep it so, at the top of the heap, don't you? Yeah, it's it's constant work. Yes, it is. <laughs> so so let's let's focus on blogging. I think because in a way, I think that's it's such an easily accessible one, and it has so many other functions. I mean, if you really want to go build a blog and a following, you can do that. But you can also just use it just in your life and in your family and with 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 friends. And so, why should we blog? Give us give me the professional person's view of why blogging? Well, I think as far as as far as working people, let's say, it's, I really think that a blog is the new business card, it's the new resume, it's the new brochure for your business. I mean, let's think about it. How many of us, when we are interested in you know, an individual, an organization, a company, just immediately we go to the Internet to check them out, right? Right. And I, so I think that having a blog, having your own um, real estate, let's say, online is, you know, really a smart idea at right. this point in time. Well, it, it, the, it used to be websites, right? So everyone would say, yeah, you got to get a website. And then what people would just right. go do is put up this website but the neat thing about the blog, which is what you were talking about with relationships, is it gives you a place to kind of build the relationship on, get people coming back, and then you can kind of nurture the relationship until they're ready to buy something or until they need your service. Exactly. So you are building trust. You're building credibility. Having having a blog, you know, it's easy to find you that way, just in general, like I was saying. But it also shows that you're technologically current and yeah. up to date, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, so you do, it's just a slow, you know, process of, of building up your own your own platform, really. And, and it, you know, down the road, the idea is, down the road, it's going to, you know, it's great to have that. Yeah, and you know, and, and, you need it later. and it keeps your skill set up, which is uh, we just recently on the show we had um, the CEO of the School Improvement Network, Chet Linton is his name, and he he goes out and their organization teaches teachers how to use technology to teach, and um, and it's it's a big thing because nowadays most of the people are accessing the job 
the the job holders, the people that actually are giving the jobs away, the companies, they're accessing them through technology. And um, interestingly, now they search and they look up and they'll look at your blog. They'll And on that blog, that's why it's such a great resume. It's such a great business card because it ends up being – like LinkedIn too, for example, is a major way that people are getting jobs and also – um, seeing if you are the kind of person we'd want to headhunt or find. So somehow we got to keep the technology up. So Because a lot of our listeners might be of a generation where blogging is just kind of foreign to them. So so if you think right. about it, tell me with the with a blogging. So like let's just say I'm a 58-year-old man and I've got grandkids. Um, and so how could I use a blog? Cause some of the people and I bet listening are like, eh, I don't want to blog and they don't even know what it is. What, what are some other ways that people just use it just to document life? There are a lot of reasons why somebody might start a blog. Like you're saying, it's a, it's a great, um, way to keep in contact with friends and family. That is, um, definitely something people use blogs for. Um, sometimes, you know, it's just a creative outlet. People, you know, have sort of maybe this hobby on the side that they're interested in, and they just want a place to be able to, you know, share with others whoever happens to come by. So, you know, that's, I think, also quite valid. Of course, you could use it for, uh, like we're saying, marketing, spreading the word about, um, you know, your business, if you have a business, if you are an aspiring author, let's say. I know a lot of bloggers. I get quite a few, quite a number, I think, of emails from people who have retired and are interested in writing and maybe have been interested in writing, right. but have never had the opportunity. And this is a great way to not only hone their writing skills, but you know, in the future, if they want to get published traditionally or publish themselves, yeah, uh, you know, this is a great way. Blogging is a great way to establish your platform like that. I mean, it's so, interesting. And then, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say my last my last thought was just profit in general. You know, if you're like me, a stay at home mom, or like you're saying, an older. Uh, person, male, female, whatever, that is interested in starting maybe something on the side, a side business, and that might even turn into something full-time, yeah. you know, down down the road. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, and it doesn't right? need to yeah. get very big to be profitable. You know, so much Correct. of this is just, it's just, you're just sharing your mind. The cool thing about the blog, and I've seen this done a lot, where, um, kind of an aspiring author just opens up a blog. And remember, most books are written chapter by chapter, concept by concept, which if you think all a blog is, is a new concept discussed every day or every week or every month. And so you can actually just, so if you're an aspiring author, you could set up a, a blog page and just start writing your book as entries. And and right. I've see, I've actually right. haven't you seen people do that where then in the end you know, twelve weeks later or actually forty weeks later they have kind of the makings of the book. Right. Yeah. Blog. Blog to book. Yeah. I think, yeah. There's a lot of websites about you know turning your blog into a book. Absolutely. That's, That's huge. Definitely something you can do. Yeah. And and even if you don't write 
your book on your blog, you know, one of the one of the things that traditional publishers are looking for now really is an author who has a blog already because, you know, authors really are responsible for a lot of the marketing of their book oh, yeah. when they're signed with a traditional publisher, you know. And so I had, in fact, one publisher told me, and she wasn't the first one, um, but they have told me, you know, I'm not even going to, we don't even look at anybody who doesn't have their blog, have a blog of their own yeah. at this point. Yeah. So. Oh, it's you know, huge. And, I, and I've, I've also had people email me saying, I sent my manuscript to a, you know, a publisher and they loved it, but they told me before they consider it, I have to get a blog. What do I do? You know, so uh. it's. It is one of the first things they'll do with you, though, isn't it? They'll sit you down, and one yeah. of the first things they're going to do is is either help you or get you to get up a, a blog and get it going. We are talking with Amy Lynn Andrews, and go to her website, amylynnandrews.com. Um, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, uh, she's going to walk us through how to get started on a blog. So if you've been wondering how to do this, she's going to hook us up, show us how to do that. This is the Matt Townsend Show, and uh, you're listening to us on BYU Radio. Have guests coming over to the International Space Station? We'll just inflate the spare room. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. One thing we're always short of in space is, well, space. Living room. Whether for a space station or a future Mars mission, creating enough room in orbit for people to live and work in safety and comfort is a big engineering problem. Everything has to come up on a rocket, limiting the size and weight of what you can launch or forcing you to send it up in pieces. But there is another way to go, and NASA will try it out on the International Space Station. Robert Bigelow has had two private modular space stations in orbit since 2006. The Bigelow modules are made of folded-up, high-tech fabric layers and inflate like large, expanding balloons, creating high volume at low weight once they reach orbit. Bigelow originally bought the technology from NASA and has spent years improving on the concept, including adding layers of Kevlar and water to protect astronauts from radiation, meteoroids, or space debris. Multiple modules can combine to make larger, lightweight structures. NASA will test the inflatable module for radiation resistance and suitability during a two-year technology demonstration scheduled to begin in 2015. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Talk about health with Professor of Exercise Science and Chronic Illness Specialist Ron Hager on The Morning Show. Uh, You can remain healthy for a long time. He brings in weekly segments about health and wellness to share with you. Chronic disease is highly preventable. That's the good. That's the thing I'm excited to talk about. Tune in Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern for Ron Hager on the BYU Radio Morning Show. Talk about good. Welcome back, all you bloggers, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, you know, we talk relationships on the show. A great relationship tool would be the old blog. I have a son going to Mexico, um, and we're keeping... He's going to be gone for two years. 
So we're going to keep his Facebook page alive, post his letters there, post his pictures. You know, it's just a great place. You know, that way they don't bug us. (laughs) That sounds bad. Um, We could do the same thing with a blog. So we've asked a a wonderful guest, Amy Lynn Andrews, to join us. You can go to her website, amylynnandrews.com. She really had no computer background and basically 100 bucks in her pocket to spend to to start a, a hobby blog, basically, which eventually has turned into a full-time business for her. Amy is the author of Tell Your Time, How to Manage Your Schedule So You Can Live Free, a best-selling Amazon ebook that has sold over 17,000 copies. You can get a copy of her, her book, of course, at amylynnandrews.com. She's about to teach us how to get started on our own blog. So, Amy, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. And... Um, okay, so let's say, again, I'm whatever age, and I want to start a blog, and I still call the Internet the interweb. Where do we begin? All right, the first thing that you need to do is really decide what you're going to use it for. So if you're going to use it for something profit-driven, let's say, yeah. or something that is you know pivotal in your uh your, you know, your long-term goals versus something that is just to keep family and friends informed, you're going to want to go with a paid service. So if you're just going to keep your family and friends informed of what you're doing, you could go to, like, Blogger and set up a free blog in probably five minutes, and you're off and running. Wow, it's that simple. I but think, but you got to kind of think this yeah. through, huh, because you don't want to... You don't want to kind of be an aspiring author that then grows this big blog on a platform that maybe can't handle it? Exactly. That's why I would say if there's any intention on your part to grow this into something that's, you know, more than just family and friends, then I would definitely start with a paid service right off the bat. It's going to make life so much easier for you uh, down the road. And WordPress is a blogging platform that is, I'd say, probably probably the most popular, most common, uh, most highly regarded blogging platform that you can uh, start with. And so that this would is a tool. my recommendation. This is a tool where Correct. you can get in and it has a back end that you can actually enter. You, you, you enter it, and so no one can really see it, but you can put... It has the blogging function. It has where a bunch of other tools that you can add to the service to make it so you can people can search your site or other beneficial things. Exactly. So a blogging service, a blogging platform is, is often how they're referred to. Uh, yeah, this is where you would go in the back end, like you're saying, and enter in your posts and publish them there. Of course, on the front end, what people will see is, you know, your, your, your blog and be able to read your content. And, and you can choose the colors and you can make it pretty and you can have graphics made. There's a lot of stuff you can add to it. So it's customized. Absolutely. I, I mean, really, the sky is the limit. And, you know, by the way, I, I created a page on my site, com slash Matt. Ah, yes, I heard. Your, for your listeners. So if they want to refer to that page, then I've put some links there and stuff that could direct them, cool. uh, you know, to the steps and things. But yeah, so you'll first want to, um, if you're not, if you're going to go with a paid for service, you're going to want to um, get some hosting. You're going to purchase a domain name, which is, you know, your blog address. 
and you're going to then basically install WordPress on your host server. Now, your host is what makes your site available to the Internet. Okay. So that is, that is you, can, you, can, you might think of your host as the, the middleman between you and your computer where you're typing and the public and all of their computers, you know, and how they're grabbing your stuff from the Internet. So these hosts, so, this is like where the you are. I mean, the yeah, this is where your website. Um, you could actually from your host, they'll usually give you some email accounts, and that that way you can have email sent to you over the host as well, right? Yep, that absolutely something you can do. This is great. Um, it, it, I think, sounds overwhelming to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and understandably so. It there is it is a learning curve. Sure, but on my side, I try to make it really simple, step by step. You know that it you could really set up a WordPress site in fifteen minutes. Well, no, that's um, in fact you course. have. If yes. they do go to Amy, if they go to your website with a forward so Amy Lynn Andrews forward slash Matt. Underneath there, you've customized a site for me, and on that is a little bit of a kind of a cheat sheet and and some tools for how to get it started. So, I mean, the funny thing about this, it's um, it seems complicated, but the other irony is all of the answers are on the internet. So all you'd have to do really is go to um, like YouTube dot com, right, and yes. and search. Hey, how do I connect WordPress? to my internet provider service or whatever, and they'll teach you how to do it. It's The, the cool thing is you just almost got to practice doing this to get used to doing this. Getting up exactly. is part of the way of getting good. Exactly. And I, when I started, I Googled my way through. Yeah. It took me forever. So that was one of the reasons why I started my site. I thought, you know what, I would like to have I wish this site existed when I started. That's so great. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was my the, my reasoning to start. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you're exactly right. You can you can Google anything imaginable. Yeah, and, and either if you like to just read it, you can read it. You can see it and watch it and watch them do it a million times. You could you could it'll even give you services you could pay to do this, or they could even probably I bet access. Some help from you and some, um, I mean, coaching. I mean, there's, there's a million resources. So, so the idea that Absolutely. this is just overwhelming, sure, it is. And, you know, by the way, mm-hmm. so was having a baby. And we're, <laughs> what we end up doing, though, is we just kind of take it a day at a time. And uh, yeah. what we don't know, we ask the doctor. And we read a lot right. of the what to expect when you're expecting. And then eventually it's not so hard. I mean, it's hard, but... Then all of a sudden you're doing it, boom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. the difference is you pay for the baby the rest of your life. Hopefully the blog can pay for you, right? How yeah. do you know what to call your blog? Because uh, and we're going to have Rob come on in a little while. Uh, Rob's one of our executive producers that I think he's had like seventy five sites and uh, really creative names, but he lost some energy about some of them and. And, you know, some were just kind of little moments of excitement. And so how do you know what to name it? Because that seems like one that's going to throw you off a little bit if you spend too much time worrying about it. Yes, it can throw you off if you spend too much time worrying about it. It is important, however, because the name will often, you know, stick with you. 
down the road. Yeah. You know, what I what I recommend is a, a lot of times people will try to you know try to grab a domain name that has already been taken, um, and that's frustrating. So you know you end up trying to find a name and you have a hard time doing it, and the ones that you want are not taken. So what I tell a lot of people is, hey, you know what? When you're just starting, why don't you just grab your name? And hopefully it's available. You know, a lot of us have very common names. Amy Andrews was, amyandrews.com was actually my first choice, but it was taken. Um, so I opted for amylinnaandrews.com. I actually tried to get the name. I emailed the other Amy Andrews. Did you? She yeah. She be willing to part. Yeah, and she... Um, she wasn't willing to part with the name. You know what you should have done, Although Amy? You know what? Uh, I'm not a professional, what? but um, you should have just spelled your name differently. Like A-I-M-Y-E-E. Right. That would have yeah, worked. Well, you know what? I would have, if I was starting over today, yeah. I often said, you know what? I would have just used a fake last name. Yeah. I, I, know, I know a guy that just added a like PhD that. to his name. He's in high school, but his name was taken, so he just said, someday I might get a Ph.D., so I'll just put this Ph.D., and now everyone knows, except he's 18. It's probably illegal, and it's unethical and immoral. But but it's a big decision, too, huh, because you are going to stick to it, and especially if it takes off. You know, heaven forbid you, you got successful. This might work. Exactly. And you know what another problem is, is that down the road, bloggers often find that their interests change. And so this is a very common uh, problem among mom bloggers, for example. Yeah. They started a site with mom in the name or mommy or mama or something like that. And then, you know, they blogged on on that with that domain for many years and that was great. But then your blogs took off and then Suddenly, they're being contacted by all of these really big corporations, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a little bit hard to kind of, you know, portray professionalism when your domain name has got "mommy" in it. You know, yeah. but I'm saying, you know, so there. So I've heard a yeah, lot of huge. bloggers. Yeah, they say, you know, I, I just wish I never would have put mom in the name. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> which, which is maybe the reason why you, you really need to be thinking a little bit. You need to think long term. You need to be figuring out where am I going to do do this? How long am I going to be in it? In fact, we're going to take a break, Amy. And when we come back, we're going to bring on uh, Colonel Sanders, who's our executive producer. And he's going to I want you to just talk to him about his blog. And see if you can't give him some tips to, to you know, he's not the Colonel Sanders, just so you know. He's, um, he's our producer. But I really want you to see if you can give him a little help, a little tool, because I keep telling everybody in here, they got to be blogging. they got to be blogging. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back and uh, give you some more tools with Amy Lynn Andrews about blogging right here on BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Books, geography, art, media literacy. Dean Duncan will cover it all from his unique perspective. How do you feel about it's a mad, 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 mad world? Oh, I love it's a mad, 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 mad world. Should a comedy be 180 minutes? Uh, yes, especially that, especially that one. Because as a cultural historian, it is a cultural cornucopia. 
This Will Take a While airs weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Police have taken into custody a former Texas special education teacher and Army staff sergeant who was suspected of killing four people last night and injuring four more. The man's ex-wife and former girlfriend are believed to be among the victims. Two friends of the Boston Marathon bombing suspect are now facing charges of obstruction of justice based on FBI suspicions. They attempted to hide personal items of the bombing suspect by placing them in the garbage. The first of three people splitting the $448 million Powerball jackpot has been revealed. 45-year-old Minnesota engineer Paul White says he thinks a lot of good will come from the money for his friends and family as well as others. At private first class Bradley Manning's court-martial, a Navy commander and radical Islam expert testified today the release of information to WikiLeaks Manning is on trial for bolstered al-Qaeda recruiting. In world news, while U.S. embassies in the Middle East and northern Africa remain closed, U.S. drone strikes have taken a minimum of 25 lives in the last two weeks. At least eight al-Qaeda militants were killed today by drones in Yemen. Peace talks between Israel and Palestinians will resume later this month in Jerusalem, according to officials from the U.S. State Department. The two sides held their first peace talks in three years in Washington, D.C. last month. Japan is launching its largest warship since World War II. The ship is 820 feet long and capable of carrying 14 helicopters. The launch comes at a time of increased military tensions between Japan and China over a set of islands in the East China Sea. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to Blogging Central. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about blogging and the importance, the power of putting together a good blog, the power of connecting these people in your life, the relationships, the potential it might have to even earn you a little money or at least some connectivity. And uh, joining us on the show is a blogging expert, amylynnandrews.com. you got to go check out her blog amylynnandrews.com, and she's been giving us some wonderful tools, ideas for how to create a healthier, stronger blog, one that's going to maybe stand the test of time on the right platform, maybe with the right name, hopefully, and how to start it. Now, she's given away a lot of information, and a lot of people, I'm sure, are like, huh, I don't know what to do with all that. So what you're going to do is you're going to go to the website, Amy. You got to get this straight. AmyLynnAndrews.com forward slash. Is that what we're still calling them? That's what we called them when I was growing up. Forward slash Matt. And if you go there, Amy's put together a blog page just for us where you can get um, all links to all of these, all this information that she's giving. So it'll just kind of walk you through how to do everything. So it's a great tool that she's uh, just handing out in order to make sure that we know how to do this. So, uh, Amy, welcome to the program, and thanks for setting that website up. Oh, my pleasure. I bet it took 50 hours, didn't it? (laughs) You know, after a while, you sort of get used to it. So, no, it it was fine. (laughs) So um, here's what we're doing, Amy. I've got Colonel Rob Sanders. 
that is a the colonel is a designation we've given him on the show. Not one from the, the armed military. forces. I don't no. want to be uh, guilty of stolen uh, valor here. Or he also didn't get it from the original <laughs> Colonel Sanders. But he does like chicken. Yeah, no, no, no stolen chicken either. So here's what we need your help on. Because Rob, again, has started, was it 50 or 75 blogs? No, it's not that bad. But I'm sitting here trying to figure out everything I've worked on on the Internet, and I think I'm up to 14 different one of sites them, or blogs one that I've done at P, some point. P90, P90X no. was one that he tried to no, do, I, I got but my, I told I've him got it was already taken. A list here. I could. Okay, give us a few of them. So he's put together these blogs, and then he burns out. Yeah. He burns out, Amy. It's, so it's, he, he needs some ideas on how to stick to it. So maybe give us a few, Rob, and then tell us one that you really want to make work. Okay. So early on, there were my throwaways. That, you know, yeah. I had the obligatory website for my cat. Yeah. Had uh, one I, the Jessica Simp- Simpson one. No. Okay. Um, I had uh, one where I talked about the radio industry. That one actually did pretty good. I think I had thirty people who'd show up. Cool. And that was it. No, nobody else showed up. No, to but any 30, of the ones I've done since. But if you have thirty people that are actively watching you, that's it's, it's a big a lot, deal. And it's a lot more fun because yeah. you feel like you're actually writing to somebody as opposed to. Yeah. And I actually think that's probably where you lost your energy, because if no one's listening, you lost it. But okay, so give us okay. But which one do you want to really master now? Which one do you really want? Well, among my latest ones, I'm doing one where I geek out about highway stuff and take photos of freeway bridges and put it on there with an opinion. (laughs) The, The optimal word there is geek. He geeks out. He he loves highways and freeways and intersections and. On ramps and off, like he really, like he's actually probably he's going to get a master's. But the he's first step of recovery is acceptance in engineering. Exactly, so, so I'm, you're I'm addicted. So he, we've suggested he go build a website, and he, which he did. Ah. He's got a blog, and it's called RoadGuyRob.com. dot com. I even spent the ten bucks ah. for the dot com, on which there. is worth it totally. Okay, on there. So be looking it up, Amy, because this will change your life. Yeah. And um, okay. okay. So he's already put some articles. He's already taken some cool pictures of some intersections. Yeah. And you're you you are into yeah. this one. This one you're into. You're feeling the passion. I'm on. feeling it. Okay. I, I when I first started it, I put a post a day for a week, and then I kind of what? Uh-oh. It's down. Road guy Rob is down. <laughs> Skyler just pulled it. Try uh, putting the www yeah, on it's, it. It's not. It's not pulling up oh, for me. Oh boy, road guy. <laughs> That's not good. See, that shows how invested Maybe, I am oh, in this website, though. There it is. There we go. Oh, you got to put Roach Guy. No, uh, www in front of that there. Yeah, www.roadguyrob. Okay, so I have, okay, I only put six posts. Hey, but six posts, that's But a after great the stuff. six posts, I was so excited that I haven't been back to okay. even see that it was still online. But again, it's just like building a house in, you know, Carson City, Nevada. Just because you have a house in Carson City, Nevada doesn't mean anyone's coming by yet. Right? Is that right? So, Amy, somehow he's got to get some people there. What, right. are, what would you okay. recommend? What, what do you, re- what do you well, recommend to him? Okay, Rob. Are you, do you know of any other blogs in, in, you know, that kind of talks about this? In the genre, topic? yeah. Um, I found one message board, but I don't know how well trafficked okay. it is. But I just found that uh, yesterday. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Oh. I had to come. Where, where could he go find check out this message board once in a while? Does he just need to Google uh, road? You know. Yeah, I would. I would Google intersection photography. 
I would Google highways, um, travel, you know, yeah. travel, highways, Transportation, roads. yeah, rules, right. Yeah. And then look for I mean, what? I would, yeah. Well, you know, when you search on Google, they have specifically uh, a link that you can click that will search for blogs in particular. Oh. So, so that would probably filter out a lot of the, you know, like the Department of Transportation yeah. and stuff, you, you know. Um, so I would I would probably do that to filter out all of that type of stuff and get to just the blogs. And then I would see what other people are writing and try to find the ones that are most popular and figure out, you know, why, what is it that makes them popular? You know, because maybe some people like, the photography more. Yeah. Maybe some people are in, you know, maybe, maybe the big thing is, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know much about highways, but you know, is it the traffic patterns? Is it the, you know, just the architecture? Is it, you know, comparing, yeah. you know, things from different cities or whatever. And so I think that's where I would start just to see what, what the other chatter online is about. I didn't even know, you know but in, I just found yeah, it. it. All you have to do is a Google search, and then when you hit more, if you, underneath more on Google, you can always go to web, images, maps, or whatever. But underneath more are blogs, and you can click the blogs that meet that criteria. Boom! Yeah. That is huge learning. Yeah. So that's, by the way, yeah, and any listener out there could do that, right? So if I really want to learn about a lot about um, gardening, I could put gardening into Google and then go hit blogs, and it'll give me gardening blogs. And so if I'm exactly. interested in that, that's how I could go start finding anything I'm interested in, which is the benefit of the blog. Exactly. Huge. Yeah. And blogs are great, you know, because they are usually written, you know, a lot of them are written by just individual people who have a passion for something. And, you know, so you get a different take and you're not feeling like it's a company, you know, the company blog that's just all about them. Right. You know? Right. Well, that's one of the keys, yeah. isn't it, to blogging, though, is... You don't want your blog to be too uh, marketing-centered. You want it to be more about fostering and nurturing relationships. Absolutely. It's all about the reader. Even for big company blogs, which it's, it's a good idea for companies to have blogs, in my opinion, but even for them, they've got to make it useful to the reader. So either useful or entertaining or, you know, something that's, interesting to the reader, not just, yeah, not just your own stuff. Yeah. What are some more tips you'd give to Rob or just to other bloggers in general to keep the fire alive? Well, I'd say if you have time for nothing else, I would do concentrate on two things. The first one I touched on a little bit before, and that's, you know, building relationships. And you would do this by, you know, social media and making sure that you are, you know, finding a good group of people online somewhere, whether that's forums, whether, you know, and you can find a forum, but for example, by going, um, you know, highway photography forum or gardening forum or, you know, something like that, just Google it. That's cool. Uh, like here, you did here. So forums, but, of course, Facebook and Twitter. Now, Google Plus is sort of gets 
teased a lot is being a ghost town, but I disagree completely. And what's nice about Google Plus is that they've got it's not so it's not so saturated like Facebook is. Yeah. Yeah. So it might so be even was, fresher faces or fresher eyes. Right. Exactly. And Google Plus has communities on there that you can be part of communities who have you know, similar interests as you. So, Rob, that might be another tip is to check out Google Plus and see if you can find anything in their communities, you know, just search in their communities for, you know, some of the keywords on your site or things that you're interested in, your niche, right? Yeah. Some people pronounce it. Yeah. And you need this because um, unless you want to just be the lone little site out there and just by word of mouth spreading it, you're saying, I guess, if you go get in the networks of the people that already exist, and even the most eccentric you know, focus that your site has got, there's going to be some people that are interested. So if you can go get in those already existing streams of people, you can start contributing, you can start answering stuff, you can start referring people and become part of the community. Then you pick up followers. And that's actually what happened to me with the one site I did talking about radio broadcasting was – I just kind of copied, you know, I was 17 years old. I didn't know a guy had a website. I liked what he did, so I copied it, did the yeah. same idea. And then he he realized, oh, cool, I can be done with this. And he just put a link to my website, and I got all of his traffic. Oh, yeah. No, it's huge. Yeah. And that that's kind yeah, of what no, you're that, saying. That's exactly right. Right. Yeah, that is exactly right. Because then when you are sort of, uh, when you are interacting in the community of your target reader, and you're contributing useful information, then you know they're going to say they're going to say, "Hey, who's that?" I mean, that's exactly how I got noticed as well. And, um, and you know, Google notices idea. you more, right? I mean, if you can actually get other other sites, you know, referring back to your site, recommending your site, linking to your site, Google sees you as kind of more of a real player in a blog. So, so they're going to actually rank you exactly. a little bit higher. So then you'll come up higher exactly. in searches, which is great. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and, yeah. and it can work. I mean, it, it really, any topic can work. I've seen any topic can work to yeah. and have a follow-up. It it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, the very, very specific interests that people have. And, yeah, and there's oftentimes a group of people. Now, sometimes it's not very... Not a very big group, right. and then you have to sort of think through that. You know, if you're going to go, if you're really wanting to turn this into a huge business, and there's really not a lot of, you know, your customer base is ten people. Yeah. Well, it's that's probably not the best thing for a business. But if it's just a matter of, uh, you know, interacting with people online and finding like-minded people, it's it's great. It's, yeah. You can find all kinds of things. It seems so, like too, the too these like-minded people okay. though are where your jobs are going to be. These like-minded people right. might know stuff right. that you don't know or sites that you don't know or be employed where you need to be employed if you're losing your job. So there's a lot of other uh, other um, values to it as well, like you're saying. Absolutely. Give us what's your the next other one. Tip, yeah, the other tip, Rob, I would say is, and, and to really anybody, any blogger, is to be just insanely useful. Uh, it's whenever you can. And if you if your topic is not necessarily useful information, to be extremely entertaining. So if you can do one or the other, then 
you're going to have, you know, you're going to be able to get traction quicker, I think. Because that's a good people idea. Are online and, and they want, you know, they want something. They're not just, you know, kind yeah. of hanging out just to hang out. Right. So, so be either insanely useful or extremely entertaining. Exactly. Those two are great, uh, yeah, great things to go after. If there's a fear that you're addressing, uh, that's, you know, something else that you could really pursue. And, you know, a lot of times if, if, some, if people have a fear about something and you're addressing that for them and making and relieving the fear in some way, you know, that can really also oh, yeah. <laughs> fear know, sells. be a big problem. <laughs> but that's, I think that's great <laughs> advice. I, I mean, really, because... Again, if your blog is if your goal for your blog is just to have your kids read it, even being insanely useful, like tell stuff they're going to want to hear or extremely entertaining, either one is going to get it's going to get people to read. If exactly. if if it's just grandma going off on mm-hmm. it was raining yesterday in my petunias, um it may not be something people read. So that's a great rule for everyone. It's kind of now the rules of journalism, uh, are st- some of them, are starting to become the rules of the blogging blogger sphere. Yeah, there's just too much information for us to wade through, you know. So we it, we have to really stand out in in some way that yeah. makes people stop and hang out for a That's while. Cool. Rob, do you have any questions? This so, is the pro. She's got, you got her on the, the line. The hard part for me then is trying to figure out how to take a topic like roads and either make it useful, entertaining, or scary. Well, but I think— I'm not sure you'd make a road scary, but— Well, maybe all of the—I mean, yours actually—your personality is such that you could write some pretty funny stuff. You've done funny stuff on the show about roads. So throw some of that on there. They built the off-ramp, and it went nowhere. <laughs> Nor, you know, the other thing would be really, I guess, uh, insanely useful, which would be what all the, you know, heady engineers that love roads would love yeah. is this, you know, this great list of examples of every type of architecture. But then that's the next hard part. It's just a hobby. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's true. So <laughs> the experts are going to come in and go, what's this guy then talking you fake about? It. You fake it till you make it. Any other advice for us? Go ahead, Amy. You know what you, but it sort of reminds me of Rob. You know my 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 unexpert um, understanding. It sort of reminds me of the the guys and women, I suppose too, who watch the trains or watch the yeah. planes. Have you heard about them? Play, there's, uh, there's, it's like train train spotting. I think it's called. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it, wouldn't, wouldn't you say that it, it's kind of the same thing? It's bridge um, spotting. You know, like, right, right. interest in, in roads and intersections and highways and that sort of thing. I, I, I would imagine there's, there is definitely a group oh, yeah. who's, you know, interested in those sorts of things. So you might not be insanely useful to me or, in, or extremely entertaining to, you know, the, you know your normal whoever, but for that group of people, you might, you know, you could probably really come up with stuff that's really interesting. Hey, Amy, give us one more bit of advice. So if there's one thing that the person out there listening, driving home, about to pull in the driveway, kind of interested in starting a blog, 
What's one bit of advice, the one thing you feel like makes the biggest difference in making blogging stick? I think blogging is really changing. I started blogging 10 years ago, and it's an entirely different animal today. So the thing about blogging is that if you really want to do it to make money, eventually, you know, however that's going to be, um, you really need to create your own product. I would say if you want to um, keep up with the blogging, blogosphere in general, you really have to um, read. Read, 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 and see what other people are doing and constantly, you know, try to stay, stay ahead on top. of the, the curve. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so that's huge advice. And take it slow. Take yeah. it slow and, and you know, and not not get so overwhelmed with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but do it what works for you, master one thing and then move on to the next thing and add it in. And, and manage then, your you expectations. Know, keep going that exactly, exactly. Amy Lynn it's Andrews, we gotta take a break. You are awesome. Thank you so much. Anybody that wants to get her book, uh, tell your time how to manage your schedule so you can live free, uh, go check it out on amylynnandrews.com. And if you want information, any of her links about what we just talked about, about blogging, go to amylynnandrews.com forward slash Matt, and you'll have all the links there. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Is the room you're in too noisy or too quiet? It turns out some noise is good for you. But how much? This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Ever find yourself saying, it's too loud to hear yourself think? Scientists from the University of British Columbia and University of Virginia investigated that idea to see how noise levels can affect your creativity as well as your behavior as a consumer. It appears that there is a sort of Goldilocks range, not too loud, not too quiet, that's the sweet spot for both. Counter to expectations, silence may not be golden here. People in the studies did less well at creative tasks in a dead silent room compared to a room with a moderate amount of human speech noises. The slight distraction from noise was found to free people's minds to think more creatively. The best results came from a peak noise level around 70 decibels, about the level inside your car while driving on a highway. But too much of a good thing is bad for concentration. 85 decibels and up makes thinking harder! The research has marketing applications as well. It showed that people in a store with a little noise would tend to try new products more. But loud stores kill sales. For Innovation Now, this is <clears throat> this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are wrapping up the show today on blogging. Again, it's it's just a tool, but it's a tool that you can use to your advantage to not even just get a job and keep a job and use it as your resume. That's a great thing to do. But you could also use it to keep your family together, to keep a place where everyone can go. We're going to now go to In the News, where our own Colonel Sanders has, uh, has done a little uh, in-depth review of the news and blogging. Bloggers in the news. 
We all know what it's like to be one of the 9,999 blogs that don't succeed. But for the one in 10,000 that do, you can have a lot of fun with that popularity and power. Like a woman who had her phone stolen while vacationing in Spain. But at least she didn't lose any of her vacation photos because she had installed an app that sent her a copy of every photo she took. And the thief did not disable it. So every day she gets to see the phone thief's life, photo by photo. And she's decided to post it to her blog, which she calls A Day in the Life of a Stranger Who Stole My Phone. As far as she knows, the guy still doesn't know he's famous. Well, how famous do you have to be with your blog to feel like you've made it? You're famous. Being invited for a radio interview? Being on the local TV news? Being invited on Oprah? Turning down Oprah? Nobody would do that. Wait, somebody did. A blogger from Boston who had turned her blog into a series of successful books, one of which Oprah recommended, which turned into an invite to be on her show, to which she said, that's okay. And if you're tired of blogging for free, a book can be a way out, which is kind of interesting that new media turns back into old media. I guess it's because blogs open up an entire new world of creative books, topics that people had never thought of considering before, like a blog which publishes healthy recipes but the recipes are laced with profanity. Their mission statement? We're here to verbally abuse people back into a healthier diet. They just landed a cookbook deal, so I guess there's a market for everything. Now, when you start a blog, you might have a creative, witty name, never intending to take your ideas to market, but life brings you popularity you never expected, and next thing you know, you're in a trademark suit. A mom of three started a Twitter feed called The Honest Toddler, it took off, turned into a blog and book franchise. Now an actress is suing because her company is called The Honest Company. Her lawyers arguing two out of three means infringement. The only thing they have in common is they both deal with kids. So honestly. And sometimes bloggers bring on their own troubles, like a mom who lied about her kid going to Walmart, wearing a pink headband, and then being bullied by bigots, I guess, who are against kids wearing pink headbands. The post struck a chord of activism from some communities, and then she had to come out and say it wasn't true. She made the story up. Sometimes a blogger posting truth could be a bomb that blows up all over their internet. A personal finance blogger wasn't even to post. He just tweeted out, Told my boy, no chance I'm paying for a photography degree when he goes to college. Oh boy, did that turn into a debate. You need to let your kid live out his passion. Oh, good for you. Don't want your kid to be a bum who comes drifting back home. The tweet and the subsequent argument eventually made its way into the New York Post. And depending where you are, the truth can get you in trouble. One of China's most influential bloggers, he has over 7 million followers, posted his shock and outrage at the death of a 56-year-old watermelon salesman who police beat to death. Communist Party officials are gagging his blog. They don't want to be critiqued. Nor does Vietnam. One-upping China, they jailed a dissident, which the rest of us would call a blogger. 61-year-old guy, and all he was doing was pointing out corruption in the government, which doesn't fly in Hanoi. Bangladesh arrested a blogger for posting offensive comments about Islam and Mohammed. So as you think about safety and blogging with your own ideas on the Internet, just be glad you live in the old U.S. of A., where you can't be thrown in jail for what you say. Unless you're a teenager in Texas, who, while playing a video game, says, 
Oh, yeah, I'm really messed up in the head. I'm going to shoot up a school full of kids and eat their beating hearts. LOL, JK, ha, ha, ha. A woman in Canada saw it, called police in Texas, and they locked him up. He spent months in jail, even his 19th birthday behind bars. And on that light note, that's a look at bloggers in the news. Nothing light about that. Well done, Robbie. It's interesting. That's a lot of news. It's also interesting. China's got bloggers. Korea, South Korea had bloggers. And, and like I say, you have to be careful who you yeah. talk about it. Because even if you're bringing up facts, yeah. if you're in a government that doesn't like those facts, you end up in jail. Jail. Here's the rule. You don't get great ideas from sitting under a tree. You get great ideas from having a conversation Blogging is nothing more than the Internet's uh, method of creating conversation. And if you want people to be a part of your blog, guess what? They have to be a part of the conversation. So that is the homework assignment. If you're into it, go start a blog, you know, but start trying to create a few better conversations online. Let's try to lift the world one conversation at a time. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll be back again tomorrow with more ideas, tools, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.